Boom! We are live, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's your boy, Nolan Hawkins. Here, wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thank you so much for joining us. Right now, how we are recording, uh, I myself am in a car, and uh, it, here in Sacramento, California, there are turkeys, wild turkeys that run around. I don't know if that is the same where people live. But that is how it is here. Uh, but before we get to my partner here, I want to mention also, thank you so much for supporting this show. You know, the fact of the matter is, we don't have all the fancy equipment that, that maybe other places have. But, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes maybe they focus more on the equipment more so than they focus on the content. I don't know. But either way... Me and my partner, Dean, are tremendously grateful for you, the listener, sharing, liking, commenting on whether it's positive or, or negative. It really doesn't matter to us. Just as long as we are engaging you, we really, really enjoy that. Uh, before I move on here, uh, I want to mention going to 247hawkeye.com. That's 247hawkeye.com. We got a phenomenal write-up about Iowa Spring Ball. I think the best write-up, in my opinion, by Dean, uh, my partner, Dean Freen. And without further ado, let me welcome in my partner, Mr. Dean Freen. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you, Nolan, again. Um, you know, it's funny because when we did the wrestling podcast, because you said today yeah. you were in a car, I was in yeah. a car sitting, sitting uh, in Ventura, California, re- recording the podcast with you, but I was also had a nice view of the Pacific Ocean slapping the waves on the beach the whole time. And it was really kind of cool. <laughs> you know, that was a, a perfect, I don't know, metaphor, simile, whatever you want to call it, and probably metaphor for <laughs> the, you know, the type of guys that we are. You know, I mean, we just, folks, we just try and get it done. You know, we just try mm-hmm. and get content to you for you guys to enjoy. And, you know, you know, I had known that about Dean, but I'm glad he shared that with you guys because that's the truth. With the interview with Chuck Yagla, Dean literally, you know, uh, was in his car, and then he just, and then we went. He he hopped in ten minutes into the podcast. <laughs> we started rolling, but you know, folks, like I, the point I just made. You know, we just try and get this done for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we are making small incremental uh, changes that are better. For instance, we will be taking callers because, you know, when when it starts to get leaner, uh, as far as the content goes, I want to have something to go to, uh, which would be the calls, uh, you know, to provide some nice, some nice, interesting things to the podcast entertainment if you will that would be the correct word nolan uh and also you know i want you guys to be engaged i want you guys to say you know to think to yourselves okay you know that we can go in there and be a part of the energy podcast almost as much as nolan and dean are uh and so we will be doing that there's little issue today but we will be doing that um also i forgot to say this dean Smash that follow button. Honestly, the best thing you can do, uh, and and I've seen an uptick in this since I've said it, the best thing you can do is to follow me on Facebook. 
that is by far the best thing you can do. Just uh, follow button, Nolan Hawkeye Anthony. You can also do it for Dean. Dean will have all the content that I have. Uh, Dean Freen. Uh, also smash that follow button on Twitter and Parlor at two four seven Hawkeye. All right, Dean, we got some some news to get to. Some news to get to. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, we got. Listen, folks. Um, obviously, right off the bat, uh, I think I'm going to talk about the Jack Nungy thing first. Well, before we get into that, uh, Michigan does not make the Final Four. I'm not sure that any Big Ten team did, and and I don't think. Uh, me, yeah, we're not going to talk about the Big Ten and whether it was overrated or anything like that. We're not going to do that just yet. Uh, but but the Final Four, I'm pretty sure, is pretty much set. I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. Since Iowa lost, I have not kept that much track of the NCAA tournament. Uh, but, you know, either way, I'm pretty sure no Big Ten team made it. Uh, and, you know, it, again, we'll, that's uh, a different thing for another time. Michigan fell short. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, we got the Jack Nungy. Uh, well, before that, we have UCLA as a double seed uh, with the – you know, with the play-in game, making the Final Four. And as Dean texted me, I think that is the first time that that has ever happened, that a play-in team has made the Final Four, which, folks, I'm going to say this now so that hopefully you guys remember it forever. This is why I said when it came to the expectations of Iowa, and by the way, this is not letting Iowa off the hook. It's not. But this is why I always said that the NCAA tournament is a totally different thing from the regular season. And if Iowa were to come up short, it wouldn't necessarily mean that the season was a failure. Uh, now, to, to what degree it was a success or failure, that's a, you know, you decide that. I think it was an overwhelming success outside of the postseason. Uh, but Still, UCLA makes it, and that's a pretty big deal. All right, Dean, let's get to the real news, the Hawkeye news, baby. Okay. Uh, Jack Nungy decides to transfer. What, are you, what was your initial reaction? I was shocked because I think I did not see that coming. Mm. Um, but after reading his statement, I've, I've, we probably should have seen it coming. I mean, he wants to be closer to home. He wants to play closer to his family and be there for his family, he said. so. Can you read what he said? Do you have that in front of you? I do. I will read it right now. Thank you. After long consideration, I have made the difficult decision to transfer following this semester. This has been an incredibly emotional and difficult year for me and my family. I want to transfer to a school closer to home so I can be near my mother and siblings. I have nothing but fond memories of the University of Iowa, my teammates, coaches, and fans these past four years. I sincerely appreciate Hawkeye Nation's overwhelmingly support during my time in Iowa City, and I wish my teammates the best of luck in the future and appreciate everything the University of Iowa has done for me. I think he meant to say overwhelming support. Yeah. <laughs> I, anyway, I, can't believe it. I can't believe I actually read it the way he wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, something I just thought about, this is not about Jack Nanji, but, you know, somebody messaged me and said, that, you know, the one of the top three reasons that they enjoy the podcast is like the connection 
that me and you have been mm-hmm. as, as, you know, friends and partners. And, you know, I think that's really true. I, you know, I don't want to get all mushy in the, tw- <laughs> you know, in the middle of the show, but it's, you know, it's really true folks. You know, me and Dean are good friends and, you know, uh, we absolutely love doing this. So, you know, I just wanted to bring that up real quick, but you know, Dean, listen, I, I'll say this. Okay. Number one, it is anybody who has gone through physical therapy. I want you to multiply it by three or four times. And that is what a, an individual who is playing a, at a very, very high level is going through. It's very lonely. It's very debilitating. And, you know, oftentimes one step forward is a positive thing, even with two steps backward. That's how crazy rehab is. And, you know, I I definitely think that part of this story is the fact that, you know, Jack got lonely. I mean, you know, the reality is, folks, that no, when when an injury like this happens, nobody nobody really is around that player. That player is doing their own thing, and they are by themselves. And so that is the reality. And from that standpoint, it does not surprise me that Jack, you know, was was talking to his family a lot, and you know, saying that he, you know, and, and deciding that he needed to be close. <laughs> comfort that he needed now I do think that there is a possibility that he will slightly regret this decision uh, because I don't think this was the best time for him to make this decision I think I would have made it a little bit later Dean you know with um, you know seeing how my body felt and when things got back to more normalcy and then there's the other aspect of this, which is he was going to start next year. Right. Unless Gundelay had, you know, just developed way further than we had realized, than we had even realized, which is a possibility. I'm not saying it's not. I mean, Josh Gundelay is a dang good prospect, folks. Uh, and by the way, football, Iowa football is going to be the, the top thing that we talk about today, folks. I, I just want to get that out right now. Um, and from that standpoint, Dean, it does surprise me, you know, and also the fact that Iowa stood behind Nunji. They did. Mm-hmm. You know, Fran was very, very supportive of Nunji. And a little part of me wants to be upset that that, 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 that loyalty to Nunji uh, was not reciprocated with trust from Nunji. Mm-hmm. You know, it, basically in the in the facet of, okay, coach, you know, I'm not feeling good now, but I trust you. Things will get better. Now, I don't know what was going on personally in Nunji's life or his family, and, and you know what? I don't even care to get that deep because, you know, me and Dean are normal people. <laughs> so, but that that those are the realities. You know, it, it was stunning, Dean. It was stunning. What, what do you think on what I just said? Okay, um, the one thing I know that – on his announcement, 
I actually appreciate that if that was the decision he was going to make, he made it early enough so that the coaches right. can, because um, now they got a decision to make. I mean, they almost are going to be forced to go into the transfer portal and try to find one or two bigs to come in next year because I don't think Josh Gundelay is going to be ready unless we send him to Frank Garza's school of center <laughs> center and work him yeah. and work him as hard as they worked uh, Luca. But I don't know if Josh has that in him to work that hard. I don't really know. Mm. I don't know Josh, you know, and I don't want to. Yeah. But it's obvious that this year. What little bit we saw of him, he wasn't really fully ready to take the floor, and I just don't see how he gets ready to, to be our starting center next year. Because without a, without another center, I we're looking at small ball, fast ball, fast yeah. small ball, pretty much like Oregon did this year, and that's how Which that's I how we're going to have to play. <laughs> yeah, I think Iowa can do that. I do with with who they have mm-hmm. now. Are the guys? far enough along to do that at a high level, uh, I'm not so sure. But uh, I absolutely agree with you. I think that's a, a phenomenal point, and that was the question I was going to ask you next was the transfer mm-hmm. portal. Um, and, you know, folks, in, in my part one article about, you know, look, the Iowa basketball look ahead, uh, I, you know, a lot of people were talking about getting a guard, getting a guard, uh, which we'll get to here in a moment. And I unequivocally said, no, that's not the answer. Iowa is more than fine there uh, with C.J. Frederick and, and Joe Toussaint and Aaron Eulis and, and, and then possibly Jabo. We'll talk about that, too, here in a second. But Iowa unequivocally is going to have to go and find a bridge center. You know how they talk about bridge quarterbacks in the NFL. And the bottom line is this, is Macari Evelyn was overwhelmingly successful. He came into the Iowa program. He, came, he, he gave positive energy. He gave strong energy. And I believe the same thing could happen. Also, Iowa has the best opportunity now to get a high-level graduate transfer or like a a guy who's a junior who can still transfer, whereas they weren't necessarily in that position a year ago or two years ago. But they are in that position now. And I don't know if they go and get two guys. I think one guy would, would still probably suffice, in my opinion. Uh, you know, maybe you disagree, Dean, but unequivocally, folks, they're going to have to go and get a big guy. You know, what we saw from Agundale, he was not ready. Now, we only saw him in little spurts, uh, and that's not enough to judge him by. And, and, and I also made this point in my article that in basketball, well, really in any sport, the primary development happens in the offseason. That's why, you know, sports, you know, people who play high-level sports talk about the summer as their time to get better. It truly is. And we don't know how much better a Google can get. We'll see. But either way, the best thing Iowa can do is go get a big big man. Uh, do you think they go and get one or two? Or what do you think, Dean? What, what's your thoughts here? Um, if I were them, I'd go get two because <laughs> – I think they need to, but 
Um, but they definitely should get one. Like, you know, like I said, if, if they don't go after one or they're not successful in getting one, we're going to see a whole different style of basketball from Iowa next year, which, and I agree with you. I think they can do it. Um, yeah. They may have trouble against the Purdue seven footer. Um, somebody else has a seven footer in our league. I don't remember who else, but a bunch of guys yeah, close to seven foot for sure. Yeah. A bunch of guys in the big. Town. Yeah. Um, and our league, our, I think we've, I think our, we've shown this year that in, inside of our league, we're all about the big man. Um, and there was a lot of yeah. good big men in the league this year. However, you know, when you see something like the Pac-10, they don't care about big men. I, oh, well, USC does. Yeah. <laughs> USC does. But, <laughs> but, um, yeah. but I think UCLA and Oregon showed us, this, showed us in this tournament, you don't need to have a great big guy. You know, you, you just have to be fast and athletic. Athletic to be right. um, good, and so anyhow, I don't know where I was going well, with and, that, but <laughs> no, no, I know where you're going. That it that it would be tough. It can be done by Iowa to play small, but it would be tough. And also, you know, Oregon, uh, plain and simple, they have guys that could knock down shots, and that's why you know Iowa lost that game. Oregon was knocking down shots, whereas for Iowa it was just Luca and Joe versus <laughs> Oregon, basically. But listen, folks, plain and simple, it was shocking that Nunji decided to do that, considering he would likely be the starter for next year. I don't think that this means that Iowa should not, you know, be considered um, an NCAA tournament team. I don't, you know, I don't think that that should be the, the thought here. But I do think that it makes it that much more difficult. But on the flip side, this opens up in my eyes, a real opportunity for Iowa to maybe even upgrade. I don't think it's impossible for Iowa to upgrade here. Now, moving on, because, uh, you know, because all this stuff is probably set for a different podcast here. Jordan Bohannon, uh, Dean, w- can you pull up uh, what j said, and then let's uh, hit on that here real sure. quick. And while you're doing that, it. let's talk about the C.J. Frederick rumors here okay. real quick. Well, I'm going to say this. As clearly as I can, C.J. Frederick chose Iowa as a walk-on. He, his family are family friends with the University of Iowa. He has been a starter since he came in. Why in God's name would he transfer? Crazier things have happened. I get that. But it makes absolutely no sense that he would transfer none and it's the same thing with the tyler cook nonsense it makes zero sense folks i'm telling you that right now it makes zero sense that cj frederick would transfer and i can't believe that i even have to talk about this <laughs> what's your real quick thought on cj frederick real quick before you go okay. to j-ball i think he'll be back next year i just want to point out that the person i finally found the person who started the rumor but he also backtracked a little bit and said, well, his family not happy with the situation, but, but he still hasn't decided, so it's not a done deal that he's leaving and blah, blah, blah. I know some people close to the program, and they're always feeding me information, which I always get right. And I don't think this person has always got that stuff right. I could be wrong on that. Right. Um, but 
No, I think you're right on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think you're correct on that. So I just want to say I, I have even when I posted my own little tweeter thing before it was more about Joe um Wieskamp hinting that he might be back right. versus it just happened yeah. that the article also contained the um cj frederick rumor and at that point i said i don't believe it and then i left it alone and never talked about it again and so in yeah in fairness to you you did say that you thought it was not pretty much nonsense mm -hmm. and 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 you know very unlikely so you know that is the reality there right. um now listen, folks. All right, go. Uh, you know, do the Jabo okay. thing. Say what Jabo said, and then let's talk. Okay, about Okay, here's that. the tweet that Jabo put out. This last week has been extremely difficult in regards to deciding what my future and specific next year will look like. We have worked tremendously hard on Senate File Two Four Five, which will allow college athletes in Iowa to make money off their name, image, and likeness. This bill's deadline is this Thursday, tomorrow to be mm -hmm. voted on yep. or it will die. I am still undecided on what I want to do next year. However, if this bill were to pass, I would be back to Iowa next year. All right. My thoughts, and then I'll pass it over okay. to Dean. <laughs> Number one, me and Dean are not going to discuss the, you know, the ins and outs of the, you know, the transfer thing and all of that, you know, just a couple quick things as someone who played division one water polo. Uh, well, I don't even like to qualify it as that just logically with all the political stuff, the, the equal pay or well, you know, whatever, all the equality th stuff. And then all of the, you know, the title nine stuff. Uh, and then on top of that, all the sports that you would have to pay besides basketball, would it be equal pay? Would it not be equal? Pay? What would it be? So th there has not been an actual solution to this that that it makes a ton of sense. Now on Jabo, listen, folks. We did, Dean. Can you tell us what the? Uh, I did a poll mm -hmm. on Facebook right. on whether Jabo should come back. Can you tell us what the voting was? Yeah. Uh, on yeah, that. 33 um, people voted to, time to move on without Jabo, and and yep. 23 thought we should have him come back. <laughs> so, oh, folks, overwhelmingly, well, not overwhelmingly, but I, fans believe that it's time for, and this is Jabo, a fan favorite, mm -hmm. that people said it's time mm -hmm. to move on, okay? And Here's the deal. For me, I do not like that he is basically holding the fans hostage by saying, well, if it passes, of course I'll be back. If it doesn't, uh, you know, he's kind of using that as a bargaining mm -hmm. chip. And you know what? I get it, but I don't like it. Um, and then also, just purely about Iowa, would Jabo help Iowa if he came back? Yeah, in certain regards. In certain regards, he would. But, folks, I think you saw in the round of 32 game against Oregon, Jordan's limitations. And that would not change next year. Jordan Bohannon is who Jordan Bohannon is. And I think it is time for Iowa's new crop of talent, which is very talented, very versatile, and very athletic, to move forward with their skill 
and the 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 torch, if you will, should be passed over. Dean, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go with you on this one. I I, I love Jabo. You know, I've been a big Jabo fan since the moment he stepped on campus and his swagger and everything. Yeah, but it probably is time for him to move on. And you know, it looks like he could make a good politician. So maybe he's time to get his political career and run for governor or something. I don't know. But um, the the biggest thing for me is is Iowa's going to have a new look next year, and Jabo's just going to get in the way of it. I think because yeah, because yeah. without a big man in the center next year, Jabo is not really going to be a big threat and. Nobody's nobody's going to be guarding the center next year. They're going to be all out on the wings guarding CJ and um, Jabo if he comes back and you know, if he decides to come back and and same with Joe and Joe's Wees Camp. Yeah. They're going to be out there guarding those guys, you know, because those guys aren't going to be able to get the ball to anybody. <laughs> and correct, um, correct. Yeah, no. go ahead. So. Honestly, it looks to me like Iowa's trying to go to, you know, I think we've seen in games this year that Iowa wants to go to more of a defensive, um, full court pressure attack, maybe maybe let that attack, um, full court pressure defense feed their offense, which Tom Davis's early teams did that. Um, and yeah. so I, I think Iowa's, it, it's obvious to me that Iowa's trying to move that direction when you see the players that we've got coming back next year. And, you know, he's, I, it looks to me like he's trying to move away from the shooters, but he still wants a shooter or two around. <laughs> but, yeah, no, no, Fran has recruited uh, to get more athletic guys. Most of them can mm-hmm. shoot. Um, are they as pure a shooter right off the bat as Jabo or Joe Wieskamp or CJ Frederick? No, but if Joe Wieskamp comes back next year, Iowa will still have plenty mm-hmm. of shooters, folks. And where Iowa was let down was athletically, plain and simple. Right. Uh, they were mismatched against other guys. Now, this is a so I do not think Jabo should come back. I'll say that plainly. And bluntly, I don't think you should come back plain and simple. All right, let's let's move forward here. Uh, Dean, I'm going to say Bambi, uh, pull out the two deeps here, and I want you to give your thoughts on the two deeps here. By the way, go to 247hawkeye.com. Uh, follow, uh, follow me on Twitter or uh, Facebook, Nolan Hawkeye Anthony, uh, and then Dean as well, Dean Freen, and then also Twitter and parlor at 247hawkeye. So, Dean, Go ahead, give the two deeps, talk about the two deeps. Bambi, go ahead. All right, guys. Okay, last week I wrote an article about what I thought um, with spring practice coming up, what it would look like. And so I just want to compare the two deeps to what I actually wrote in the article. Like on an offense, you know, of course, it always starts with the quarterback. And, you know, no surprise, Spencer Petras is, is the top dog on the line. And again, Alex Padilla, which I didn't really address the backup quarterback in my um, article because, quite frankly, based on Kirk Ferentz's previous comments, it was Spencer Petrus's job job not to lose. Um, it was his job, period. They're happy with what he's done. They're happy with his leadership. And um, the other two quarterbacks, Alex Padilla, Deuce Hogan, and I think they've got one coming in as a freshman this year, um, it was up to them to beat out Spencer. I mean, he said he'd let the competition play out. So 
Um, that's that's a big deal. Um, he's got they they're putting the confidence in Spencer, and you know the honest thing is is he started playing better at the end of the year, and I think we would have seen even better Spencer um, Spencer if he had had a chance to play against Michigan in that final game in the regular season and then the Missouri Bowl. I think I think people would be you know really on board with Spencer because he was starting to come into his own halfway through the Illinois game last year, and then he just took over. And so, yeah, Spencer's um, Spencer's the man. And, you know, but I did get it right on the wide receivers. Um, you know, um, one of the wide receiver spots, you know, Tyrone Tracy Jr. is the, is the top dog on the line, which we expected. Um, but he will be backed up by Max Cooper. And I did say that in the article because we kind of forgot about Max Cooper last year. The year before, we saw quite a bit of Max. And, and with the emergence of Charlie Jones, we didn't really see much of Max last year. So Max is. By the way, Dean, I'm 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 back here real quick. Continue. I'm back okay. till nine. Right. Okay. Go so ahead. yeah. So we saw um quite a um I mean so we got Max Cooper right, and then I said the other one would be go to Nico Regani, and so um and that that came true, and I also said to watch out for Charlie Jones. He'd work his way in the rotation, and so he's he's back and mm-hmm. he's going to back up Nico, and so but we all know that Iowa, you know it doesn't really matter who starts between those four because those four will be consistently on the field. Anything you want to throw in on what I said so far, uh, Nolan? Yeah. I mean, listen, obviously the top thing to talk about Mm -hmm. is the quarterback, uh, which we'll get to after we Mm -hmm. go through all of this. Um, I, as far as the wide receivers go, you're you're spot on. You got the, 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 the Mm -hmm. two deeps correct when you put it out. Uh, on the wide receivers, you know, quite frankly, Dean, you know, we deserve a little, pat, uh, you know, pat on the back. We got it pretty dang close uh, for all positions. Um, but the, the one, I'll say this. Watch out for Deontay Vines, okay? I think he's a very talented wide receiver. I think he can play Emir uh, uh, Smith-Marset spot, and I think he can also play the slot. Um, also, I was a little bit surprised that Desmond Hudson was not in there. That's and, and that's okay. it on the wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. And this is not the end all be all, folks. I want to say that this is this is not the end all be all. This is only spring, but yeah. still, it's important. Okay. And on the running back, I mean, this was a slam dunk because there's only four running backs on the current roster for the spring. Tyler Goodson, you know, as, as our starter, which we all knew would be there, and Ivory Kelly Martin is listed as the number two. For him to be listed at number two, he must be making some progress, progress there, but he will yeah. not be practicing in the spring. He's taking the spring off, so we won't get to see him again until fall camp. And then the only other two um, <laughs> um, running backs on the roster are the Williams, and I can't remember their first names off the top of my head. I'd have to go look. Gavin Williams. Uh, Gavin Williams. Yeah, I was just, I was just looking that up, yeah. And so um, this is going to be a, a weird spring practice because – um, the question here is, is, is he's, does, um, do they look at the, uh, transfer portal for possibly another running back in case Tyler gets hurt and Ivory's been, you know, he's, he's kind of like our Jack Nungy, a very serviceable, decent yeah. player who keeps getting injured. <laughs> it's so frustrating Dean, because we have, and last year I talked about mm-hmm. Ivory Kelly Martin a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it is obvious what he's capable of, folks. 
he is very explosive, very explosive. If he can just stay, for the most part, healthy, with, or, you know, without a massive injury, <clears throat> this one two punch will be huge for Iowa. And the two guys behind Ivory Kelly Martin and Tyler Goodson are talented in and of themselves as well. And then also there's Devin Hilson coming from, uh, you know, I think, which, which in my opinion, had he been able to play his entire season at Des Moines mm -hmm. uh, North High School, I think we, he would have seen more than just Iowa as his Power 5 uh, offer. But either way, I think that this group is very strong. I don't think that they okay. need a transfer. Perfect. All right. Um, I did touch on the quarterback right at the beginning, but you want to throw your um, little bit out, your thoughts on that out there? So, Yeah. Have you, have you gone over the offensive yet, line yet? You want to do that first? Okay. Yeah. Go over the offensive line, okay. then we'll come back well, we've to got, the quarterback. Um, starting at left tackle, uh, Jack Plum backed up by Mason Richmond. And I did say in the article to keep an eye out on him because I, he, He's yep. a redshirt freshman, so I don't I can't remember if he played at all last year, but but he was available last year. Okay, and then um left guard with um Kyler Schott. That's not a surprise to me. I called that one. Um however, he's backed up by a guy named yep. Kyler Ellsbury. Um Burry. I missed that one, guys. I missed it totally. He's a redshirt freshman. I didn't know much about him, so I kind of overlooked him. Um and but he's listed as their number two, so that kind of shocked me a little bit. And um, Tyler Lindebaum, of course, our starting center, who is back, who could have gone to the NFL this year. And I got to love a guy who's willing to pass up the money that's there and, and come back for because he wants to play another year of college. Dean, in all reality, it, you know, he probably could have went first round had he decided to leave. Right. Or high second round, right. plain and simple. Okay. And then he's going to be backed up by a guy by a name of Noah Vinsky. Now, I missed on that, but I didn't, to be all fairness, I didn't really name Tyler's um, backup because I just kind of lumped all the linemen in together, all the linemen who I thought would be between one and two deeps would help, would hold this position because I was always want to put their five best guys out there and or four best guys and just right. go from there and so, and, and just move them around. So I, but I did not have him mentioned in the article. And then at right guard, we've got Justin Britt. Um, starting with Josh Volk back, backing him up. Mm. Now I missed on Josh. Josh is also not in my article. Sorry, guys. I'm not perfect. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, then at right tackle, we got Cody Ince, which we I got that one and um, backed up by Nick Dijon. How is that? How you say his name? Dijon. Yeah. Dijon. Yeah. Okay. Dijon. <laughs> Nick, Nick yeah. okay. will be a true yeah. sophomore this year. And so, but I had him pegged in there. So that's, uh, um, I had him pegged in there as one of the guys. So I didn't miss too much. I, I, I missed right. three guys on the line that they had that I didn't. So, oh, well, <laughs> I, I think, I think, listen, I think mm -hmm. we did mm -hmm. phenomenally well on the offensive line because considering you know, with Iowa, you never know for sure. Offensive tackle or guard or, you know, you never know for sure. Uh, Iowa, the way they recruit uh, offensive linemen, which is not the same as every other school, obviously, but they go out and they get athletes, guys that can play, 
multiple positions and they train them at multiple positions. Now, the, in one way or another, from my article and yours, right. we got it all right. The one thing that I would say is that, you know, I think we are seeing the Tim Polisek, you know, era come to a front with all the talent he brought in. I mean, you know, uh, Linderbaum was a four-star, even though he got recruited mm-hmm. as a defensive tackle. Ellsbury was a four-star. Josh Volk was a high three-star. Mason uh, Rickman or Richmond was a four-star high three-star. Uh, who else we got? Cody Ames was a nice steal out of Wisconsin. Uh, you know, uh, Nick DeJong was a nice walk-on get for the Hawkeyes. Uh, Justin Britt was a phenomenal get out of Indiana. Phenomenal get for the Hawkeyes out of Warren Central. Um, and then no offense, you know, an Iowa kid. Plain and simple, Tim Polisek dominated recruiting on the offensive line, and we're seeing that. Uh, the other thought that I have on the offensive line, the, you know, obviously Mark Kellenberger, what happened there was surprising. I think it hurts Iowa as far as depth goes, but I also think it gives their very, very talented young guys a chance. And when you look at this offensive line, Dean, this offense, offensive line is very talented. And I was a little bit concerned about mm-hmm. Cody Ince. But not anymore after hearing what Kirk Ferentz said about him. I mean, Kirk Ferentz said that this guy can play every position across the offensive line. He doesn't even know his own right. strengths yet, meaning he's very raw. Is he an undersized right tackle? Yeah, maybe. But still, Iowa is going to put the best guy that they need where the guy needs to be. And the crazy part, Dean, is, is that there's still guys like Tyler and. Endress out of Iowa, high four-star guy who isn't in the two deep. There's still a few guys, Dean, that are very were very highly touted recruits that are not even in the two deeps. So my point is, this offensive line has a lot of upside, and it all starts. Yeah, I should point out baby. that um, this is just a starting point. You know, these two deeps for spring for them to work with. Um, this. Um, two deep will probably look a whole lot different at the end of the spring. I mean, some of these positions like, you know, um, like when we talk about defense here and later on, um, there are people who I know will make the two deeps who are not listed on the two deep right now. And so, um, yeah. So even Kirk said that this is going to look a whole lot different at the end of spring. And then during camp, it'll change, it'll change. And, and, you know, and, and the starting lineup and, the two deeps for the first game of the season against Indiana will probably look a whole whole lot different too. Because remember, there are guys who are not on campus yet, and and there are guys who are going to yes. go use this spring. Who are there's always a couple of people in the spring who just work their butt off and and show the coaches they want, and they just grow. Yeah. They grow. They just right. grow so, and they grow. Yeah. Yep. So this is just a starting point. Um, I would like to talk a little bit about both the fullback and the tight end spots. You know, because we didn't get that mentioned. Yes, yeah. well, we already let's. knew that Sam Laporta would be penciled in as a starter. I mean, you know, you'd have to be a, a a less than a casual fan not to know that Laporta was the tight going to be the starting <laughs> tight end. What we didn't know, I had three names, and yeah. this was actually the last name I came up with was Luke Le- Leche. Leche is that how you say Leche? I think it's either okay, Lockie right. or Leche. Anyway, yeah. um, 
So he was the last name I came up with, but uh, and I just said out of those three, the person who wins the backup role will have to be a great pass blocker. And and um and, and great mm. pass blockers, they've got to take and move those guys off the line a little bit. You know, they've got to move those guys downfield a little bit. And so, you know, not only does he have to catch, but he also has to be a blocker. So and he's a red shirt freshman. So I'm gonna guess that what the coaches have seen in practices and stuff. They feel good enough about putting him on the number two line, which means I got a feeling this guy can block because Sam is going to do a lot of um, catching more than blocking, but he will do some blocking too. So I'm looking at Luke as our, our, our blocking tight end with occasional catches, kind of much like um, Sam Sean Byer did last year. He started more as a blocker right, and then ended right. up catching more balls at the end of the year. But um, so there – which, by the way, folks, we will talk about the draft, uh, the pro day results a little bit as well, uh, and just kind of talk about who, we, what we, how many Iowa guys will get drafted based, you know, from that and, and things. So we'll give an update on that. But um, listen, Dean, I, I agree 100% uh, mm -hmm. with everything you just said. Laporta is the next for sure high drafted. Mm -hmm. Iowa tight end. I mean, it, it, I mean, the dude has started right. since his freshman year. He will make a massive jump next year. He is the number one, yeah, and plain and simple. No, I was now, say, where and I, with, yeah, with our ahead. two big receiving guns gone, um, we weren't passing as much to the tight end last year as we normally would, but we'll go back to that this year. The tight end will figure more importantly in pass catching this year than it has in the previous years. I mean, than it did last year. Because Oh, so much yeah. more. So okay. much That's more. That's what I wanted to say on that. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, no, I, th I think it'll be so much more, Dean. And, and I think that this will actually provide Iowa with a strength that will get them, some, you know, a win or two. That's how strong mm -hmm. I think it'll be. Uh, you know, because having tight ends that are capable – of scoring touchdowns and getting you yards is a huge, mm -hmm. huge advantage. Now, going back to Luke Lachey or Lackey, okay. I'm pretty sure it's Lackey, but I, I like saying Lachey, <laughs> Lachey. I like that. Um, you know, in my opinion, if I had to guess, uh, I, I think it's still very, very close between Josiah Meenan, uh, um, Luke uh, Lachey and uh, the, the kid from Texas. How do I, how do you say his last name? Uh, yeah, uh, Yeverton. Elijah Yeverton. Yeah. I think it's yeah Yeverton. I think it's very close, folks. Uh, I don't think that it is Sam. I think I'll put it this way: it's Sam is above everybody else, but I don't think that it is Luke and then everybody else. I don't think it's that. I think that it's still close, and I even think that it's possible that Iowa, outside of Sam, will use two tight ends in that second spot because of the talent that they do Correct. have at that spot. I would spot. agree. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge, Dean. I mean, this is a massive uh, advantage for the Hawkeyes, a massive advantage. Uh, now, uh, really quick, Dean, 
continue. We'll come back to the quarterbacks, Bambi. Uh, we'll come back to the quarterbacks. Go ahead and continue okay. with the defense. Well, I didn't get the fullbacks yet. Monty Padabam and Turner Palisard. I can't. Polisard, Palisard. I can't say his last name very well, and I, I know I heard it because he played last year. So those are our two fullbacks, and that's not a surprise because that, those were the two that did most of the playing time last year. And our and our um, place kicker will be, of course, Caleb Shudak. Shudak. All right. Now I can move on to the defense. <laughs> All righty. So defensively, let's get that out. All righty. So, um, on the defense, we – okay, guys, excuse me for a second while I move my paperwork around. Okay, I got it. So, on defense, we start with um, left end, um, John Wagner and Joe Evans. Now, Joe Evans is listed as the backup, so I put a miss on that because I had Joe Evans penciled in at left end as the starter. And so, they've got him listed as, as the backup, which is fine. That just means we've got two really good guys on that side of the ball that can uh, go. And that left tackle, I got um, Noah Shannon, which I did get get his name in there. Um, again, when I put them in there, I didn't give specific position unless I thought, like in G um, Joe Evans' case, I thought he had that one wrapped up. Um, so, But Logan Jones, I did not have him on my list, and I should have probably. He's a redshirt freshman, and he's going to back up Noah Shannon at the left tackle. And at the right tackle, we got Yaya Black and Logan Lee. Now, I, those two I figured would be there. I did. I thought maybe Logan Lee would be the starter over Yaya, but I but I did say that they both would play and they both would be in the rotation. So I think it's just starter 1A and starter 1B as far as I'm concerned. And at right end, we've got Zach Van Balkenberg, you know. Now, this is a guy who could have left this year, and he's back. And so he's another – he's another. yeah, glad he's back because we need some experience there, guys, because if the biggest hit we took this year is on the defensive line. And so that is huge, okay? And so um, he's going to be backed up by a guy I don't even – didn't even consider, didn't even know he was in the running, was um, Chris Reams, okay? He's a sophomore out of Van Meter, Iowa, and – He's 6'7", 255, so he he does appear to be a tall guy, but skinny guy. And so because um, so he's going to probably have to work on building this, using this summer to get some more weight put on him. Okay. At the Leo Cash position, I also um, nailed that one, Dane Belton, because I think that was easy because he played that spot last year. But here's a surprise, and I'm, it's a really good surprise for me because I've been pushing for this guy to play last year, and he did play in four games last year and only had one tackle all year last year in the four games he played, and that's Logan Clamp, Clamp out of Jewel, Iowa. I was very fortunate to see this guy play a lot of games, and I was more impressed with his running back, back um, position because he started at running back, and I think he rushed for 1,200, 1,600 yards. I don't remember. I don't have those stats in front of me. And a whole mess of touchdowns. But um, he's also going to be a good good linebacker. And so they've got him listed at the Leo Cash position. So that takes some talent, guys. And so we know that. you got to have um, leadership ability back there. you got to know what's going on. And you got to be quick. So my hat's off to Logan because, you know, I've been hoping for Logan to uh, 
cracked the starting lineup, but he's cracked the new deep, two deeps, and I pray that he continues to stay there. Okay. Um, middle linebacker, we got Seth Benson um, there. And Jay Higgins. How did I miss Jay Higgins' name in my article? He's not listed. Either it's a misprint <laughs> or um, I just flat out missed his name because I would have put his name in there. Um, but I did miss it. You missed it, but I didn't. <laughs> I knew. I mean, Jay Higgins was coming through the pipeline, and you know, mm-hmm. if you go back to recruiting, Dean, they loved this kid. You know, um, they they went after him hard. You know, isn't it weird with the linebackers? You know, well, with every position, really, but especially with linebackers, I always kind of just. If, if they can keep a kid quiet, like they're mm-hmm. recruiting on a kid quiet, they will, and then they will absolutely snag that kid. But, yes, this they yeah. are very high and then, on um, The other linebacker position, Jack Campbell and Justin Jacobs, I had both guys nailed, too. Um, Justin mm. Jacobs is a sophomore. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, this is one of our strengths. Between the, D- the DBs and the linebackers, yeah. We got every single starter back. You know, some of the guys that are going to rotate yeah. in there are not as experienced, but every single starter back on on both of those groups and sometimes I think they're kind of interchangeable a little bit. I've always said this and sometimes you'll see their name pop up mm. in two different spots like that. So, I mean, this is such a plus. I mean, with us breaking in a new defensive line this year, yeah, if those guys do get through the um, – the other team does get through our defensive line, we've got these guys to back them up. These guys are going to be phenomenal. This is our strength next yeah. year. Yeah, linebacker, no doubt, is a, is a strength for the Iowa Hawkeyes. You know, listen, folks, I know a lot of people want Justin Jacobs to play because of, you know, how highly recruited he was at a high school. We, You know, we stole him from Ohio State, you know, all that, Not you know – all that stuff. Listen, folks, you know, you got to be good enough to play. And I'm not saying Justin Jacobs is not good because he, he most certainly is. But these other guys are just uh, they're slightly ahead right now, plain and simple. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But Dean's absolutely right. This is unequivocally a position of strength for Iowa. Uh, and you know, there's no if ands buts about that. Have yeah, you we did. We just got that thing? done as I started. And um, so, did you hear me talk about L- Logan Camp being in the two deeps, my my man? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I got to say that doesn't you know really surprise me. You know, uh, Logan, uh, you know, they liked him out of high school. Uh, you know, he's he is a classic guy that Iowa gets, you know, they love getting their linebackers from the state of Iowa, you know, guys that eat and breathe Hawkeye football, you know, Hawkeye football. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, and they know that they can, they know they can develop these guys and they do. And then, you know, what happens is, you know, either you see them early like Campbell or you see them later, like Seth Benson, or like we're seeing with Logan Klemp right now. But either way, you end up seeing them. You know, no question about it. You end up seeing them, and and that's awesome. 
Um, as far as the D line goes, uh, were, were um, you surprised by anything, Dean? The what I was surprised was that I had in my article I had Joe Evans as the starting left end, but he's the he's the number two left end and behind Jack Wagner or John Wagner. But or John Wagner. Yeah. Um, I, I listen, folks. I call that one. You know, he is a gadget. He's a gadget. Um, he is a gadget defensive end. If he got bigger, it would be possible. Uh, but I like what he is for Iowa. I like that Iowa has a speed rusher that they can go to. You know, um, how many snaps are there usually in a game, Dean? You know, honestly, <laughs> it depends on the team, but probably about thirty to forty is probably about average. Okay, so you know, in a forty, let's just say the other team Iowa is playing has forty snaps. You know, Joe Evans is the type of guy that will be in there for fifteen between mm-hmm. between fifteen and twenty snaps. You know, and I'm okay with that. And plain and simple, John Wagner at six foot five, two hundred eighty pounds. I knew he was going to be the guy on that side. A lot of people had him as a defensive tackle. I knew that wasn't the case. Uh, you know. You know, you go back to his recruiting, Dean, it was actually pretty crazy how Iowa got him. I mean, this kid was getting offers from Florida, mm-hmm. Ohio State. I mean, everybody, everybody. And, you know, Iowa had offered him, and then, but they hadn't gone hard after him. And as soon as they put the full court press, they got him, and that was it. You know, so he's very talented. I'm excited about this defensive line. The, the, it, there's a, it, it's like the offensive line, Dean. A ton of upside, a ton of upside. There's there's youth on there, but there's also, you know, on the offensive mm-hmm. line, you have Tyler Linderbaum to anchor it. On the defensive line, you have Zach Van Volkenberg. And I do not think we have seen the full progression of what that guy is capable of. I think it is fully... It is fully possible that Zach Van Volkenberg, I mean, he was already, you know, uh, I think he was a third-team defensive end last year in the Big Ten. That I think it's possible he becomes one of the top two or three defensive ends. I think that's a very good, possi- what do you think, good possibility. And um, at, I don't know, I'm just tickled that he decided to come back because I believe – I believe this is, is this a six year senior awesome. or is he a five year? I don't remember, but either way, either way, he, he, um, he was pretty much gone. <laughs> we all had him gone at one. We did not yeah. see that one coming right. when he announced that he'd be right. back. Right. You know, and I was even saying right. that he yeah. had a possibility of being drafted. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I thought that he really did. Um, I don't know if, if this will I, – I do believe this will be his sixth year. He played mm-hmm. two years at Hills, Hillsdale um, uh, College, uh, and you know, he redshirted when he got to Iowa. Then he played uh, sparingly behind Epinosa and Golston, and then he started last year. Um, and the crazy thing is he still has a ton of upside, a ton of upside. And I just think this Iowa roster, Dean – you know, with the with the recruiting that has been a lot better, this team just has so much upside. And then, obviously, we still have to talk about the quarterbacks and, I think, the, the cornerback room with the transfer from you and I, Xavier Williams. I think, you know, that's a, that's a big conversation. But there's so much upside. And I'll say this, folks. 
if I ever see someone say again that Iowa is not athletic <laughs> enough, I will lose it because it is just it is furthest from the truth. I mean, Iowa in in the pro days does just as good as Alabama, Ohio State, if not better in some cases. And it, you know, it, it, I don't know where this idea of Iowa being unathletic comes from. But, I, you know, I'll put it this way. And I think I actually know what it is, but I'm not going to say it, Dean. I think you know what I'm thinking as well, and I'm not going to say it. But I'll put it this way. Do you really think, folks, that Iowa could compete the way that they have competed for the past five, six, well, 20-plus years, but more recently, five, six years, if they were unathletic and, you know, less athletic than the other teams? I mean, come on. Come on. So, but uh, yeah, Dean, time to talk about the quarterback, baby. Uh, and then quarterback, is there anything le- left that you think we should uh, go over with the defense? Uh, well, we never did talk about the safeties the or the corners, if you want to. Okay. So okay, on, yeah. the, on the corners, yeah, you know, we got first. the left corner with Matt Hankins being backed up by Jamari Harris. Um, Huge, that is huge also another big Hankins deal. Came back um, strong safety, we've got Kavon Merriweather, which he was really starting to come into his own at the end of the year. It's just too bad we didn't get to play those last two games so those guys yep. shown more about what they were doing. But anyway, he'll be backed up by Reggie Bracey, which I did not have him listed as a possibility, and I'll explain why here in a minute. And at free safety, we've got Jack Corner and Quinn Schulte. And I also, again, didn't have him listed as a possibility yep. back there. And at right corner, Riley Moss and Terry Roberts, That's those. that was those two guys last year at that spot. Those two guys are going to anchor that corner again. Um, and I'll just say real quick, our punter will be Tory Taylor, which yep. everybody loved. Yep. Um, so going back, because you'll <laughs> notice that Xavier Williams is not in the two deeps. Well, I wouldn't have expected him to be in the two deeps until the end of the spring. And he's most of a safety guy. Can he crack into the right. um, the Leo Cash spot and, and and take Logan Kemp off the line? Can he take um, a strong safety spot and take Reggie Bracey off? Or can he take a free safety spot and, and take Quinn Schulte hmm. off? Because that's kind of where he's at. He's kind of a – you know, he is a safety coming in. So can he – is he good enough to bump one of these guys off, off their two lines? We'll find out at the end of the spring. <laughs> Great point. And, and, yeah, folks, he was not going to break the two, two, uh, two deeps. Mm-hmm. If he did, it would have been a disservice mm-hmm. to the guys that are already on the team because, you know, that would have been basically – that would have been the Iowa staff basically saying, mm-hmm. we've seen his film and he's better than you, <laughs> even though we haven't seen him in person yet. And you just can't do that. You have to you right. have to have a guy earn it in front of your eyes. Um, you know, back to what you were saying. Listen, Riley Moss and Matt Hankins are the mm-hmm. starters uh, on those two sides. It, you know, it, Xavier Williams is uber talented, and it opens up a lot of possibilities. You know, can Xavier? You know, d- d- does he open up the possibility of playing? you know, three corners uh, most of the time and, and dropping or four corners and dropping Dane Belton, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of like a linebacker spot. You know, I, I don't know, but he opens up a lot. I mean, 
it wouldn't shock me. I'll put it this way. It would not shock me if Xavier Williams was, was too good to keep off the field to where, you know, he slid, you know, Dane Belton was slid back to safety and, you know, uh, either Jack Kerner or Kayvon Merriweather, you know, uh, became the second mm-hmm. string. Uh, that wouldn't shock me. Um, you know, and then, you know, in, in other words, Xavier Williams, you know, w- would take over the cash spot. It would not shock me in the, in the least. And plain and simple, folks, I don't think you should expect Williams to start. Williams is going to have to earn it. Uh, I'm going to say that right now. He's going to have to earn it, just like right. Oliver Martin. But Oliver Martin did not earn it. Um, and, and that's just the way it's going to be. But there are a lot of possibilities, and Iowa will, especially Phil Parker, will play who needs to play, and that's, you know, that's, that's it. And, and this secondary is very talented, Dean. I mean, Matt Hankins, Riley Moss, uh, and Kayvon Merriweather athletically are good enough for the NFL. I, you know, I'm not sure about Jack Kerner. I, I don't know. I don't know safeties as much. Uh, but, you know, and I'm not saying he's unathletic, but those are the three guys in my eyes that are definitely NFL possibilities. Iowa is coming into the Big Ten with a top three yeah. secondary oh, in yeah. the Big Ten, wouldn't yeah, you say? Yeah, I would agree. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just this Iowa defense truly is loaded. I mean, it is loaded. And, uh, I'm excited. I'm very, very excited about this. Um, any last things that we need to talk about on the defense before we uh, go back to the Just go to the all-important quarterback, all important quarterback. <laughs> Let's do it, dude. All right. Spencer Petrus. You know, the, the truth of the matter is, on the NHA podcast, me and Dean stuck with Spencer the longest, plain and simple. Um, did we slightly come off the bandwagon and I wouldn't even call it bandwagon. Did we slightly come off of him a little bit? Yeah, a little bit, but I always said, and, and Dean as well, taking into context, everything that happened with COVID that it was not really surprising, especially with Spencer being a first year quarterback, what we saw at the beginning of Spencer's performances. It was not surprising. Um, and on top of that, you know, I, I would always ask this and I, and, and I wish I wouldn't have argued so much on Facebook, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I've done doing that, uh, you know, you know that Dean, but I would always say, would a different quarterback win more games for Iowa? If there was a different quarterback in there, would Iowa have, a better record, the same record, or worse record? Would they have won those two games? And unequivocally, the answer is either I don't know or no. Uh, and the reality is Spencer, at the end of the season, was balling. He was balling. And uh, you cannot deny his arm talent. I mean, it uh, is exactly. Dean, um, That's exactly Spencer? what I said earlier in this podcast about Spencer. Um he is the man right now, and he's the leader. He's he's the guy that they're all looking for, and you know. And I I feel bad for an Alex Padilla or a Deuce Hogan, but you know what? Unless Spencer gets hurt, 
he's our man this year and he's our man next year. And so Alex Padilla and Deuce Hogan probably have some yep. soul searching to do on whether or not they want to be Iowa Hawkeyes next year. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and plain and simple. No, we don't. You know, we don't get to see the practices. And for for Padilla, who and, mm-hmm. and, which I do think we should talk about the backups, okay? And we will here in a second. For Padilla or Hogan or even the freshman, the first star by 247 Sports that's coming in. Uh, okay. I'm blanking on his name. Dean, if you could pull that up, that'd be great. The quarterback that's coming in for Iowa. Uh, the, the reality is, is that they would have to literally be dominating in practice so much more than Spencer to where Ken O'Keefe would have to go to Kirk and say, listen, this guy is just better. We got to go with him. We, we, and, and I just don't see that happening. And on top of that, I fully expect Spencer to have grown a lot. I mean, there's a reason he broke Jared Goff's records. The kid is uber talented. I haven't spoken to him since the end of the season, but this kid, and yes, I'm biased, but this, he is very talented. And, you know, everything I just said before this is true. Now, yeah, his uh, name is Joey um, Labas. Did you find the quarterback team? Yeah. Okay. It's either Labas or Labasa. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Labas sounds I think better. It's Labis. <laughs> Let's go with Labas. Joey Labas. Yeah, it sounds better. Um, you know, and the good news, folks, is that Iowa, I don't, there's not a position that they're not healthy at. Every position, they are healthy. Wide receiver, quarterback, O-line, uh, you know, the, everything. And especially the quarterback room. It is as healthy as ever. Um, now, going to the backups. To me, it seems that Padilla, well, obviously, he's, the, he's second in line. But it does seem that the coaches are happy with his development uh, and what he can do. And, and don't forget, folks, I mean, he got a legitimate offer from, from Georgia, a legit offer from Georgia. Um, and, you know, and I want these guys to develop. It's not like I'm rooting for – but, you know, I always say this. I'm an IOWA fan. So whatever helps Iowa, I'm rooting for. And the development of guys, as well as the competition, helps the starters out. And so I want them to develop. I want them to push each other. But I do think right now, me, Brian Spencer is what the likely lineup is. I would say it's Padilla. And then I think Hogan and Lavis are going to really compete. And I do think potentially – you're going to see a situation where, you know, these guys know where they're at and maybe a guy trans. I don't want to say that, that too early, but that's just the way things go. And I fully expect Lavis to compete with Hogan. Um, and so we'll see. I mean, what do you think about the backups, Dean? Um, they're very high on um, Alex Padilla. They're saying that, that he's doing very well. They're happy with his progress. They like what they see. Um, yep. And so, but it must not be good enough to get, you know, take Spencer off of the line. And, you know, really there's no mention about Deuce because as much as the fans love Deuce and his, um, 
his swagger. He's kind of like our Jabo, his swagger yeah. when you read his tweets and, and, and stuff. Right. Um, and his name, great name. Um, they're not even. Yeah, he does have a great quarterback name. Yeah, You're he's right. not even being mentioned, but it wouldn't surprise me that the news in the spring that he could jump ahead of Alex. But but from everything I heard, Alex could act easily be a starter himself. So we don't know. Alex, we didn't see enough of Alex last year to know, you know, where he fits, <laughs> how he works. It, it right, exactly right. But you know. Going back to, to our current starter, Spencer, mm-hmm. listen, folks, I mean, again, he fully dominated at the end of the season. He beat Wisconsin, which Nate Stanley was unable to do. I also want to mention the fact that Iowa has a running game that they have not previously had. I mean, the last time that they have had a running game like this, the type of talent, I would say was when it was LaShawn Daniels, Akram Wadley, and Jordan Kenziri. Um, I think it's been a while, and that will help Spencer. Also, a full year where he can work with his wide receivers will help. And we already mentioned the tight ends. That will help Spencer <laughs> tremendously. And, you know, I, I got to say, Dean, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, all the negativity that was surrounded with Spencer – this was the last year was the best offense Iowa had had in years. That is true. Years. That is true. They um, almost broke five yards of carry um, on the running game, which before they had never, it had been a w- long time since they gotten over four. The last several previous years, they were like 3.8, 3.7 yards of carry, you know, and the fact, and the fact exactly. that they nearly broke 500, because I think they were at 4.9, um, it just says a lot about the improvement of the running game, improvement of the offensive line, making holes for these guys. And I really love yes. what um, Paul, uh, Paul and I nicknamed the Wild Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Wild Hawk? What's the, oh, the yeah, Wildcat? Yeah, we okay, nicknamed gotcha. the Wild Hawk. I, like I that love too. that development. Yeah. That is, and that's so bold, and they used it quite a bit, you know? Right, they did. And, and, and I fully expect them to use it with Ivory Kelly Martin on one side, uh, Tyler Goodson on the other, because they can both catch. They're both explosive. Mm-hmm. I fully expect that to be a massive part of this offense. And, you know, going to the wide receivers, you know, folks, which I got this 100% correct. You know, I think a lot of people thought that uh, – uh, Tracy was going to take over for Smith Marset. I knew that wasn't the case. I knew he was going to go to Brandon Smith's spot. Folks, the talent that is at wide receiver now is, is just so strong. And, uh, you know, things are, Dean, things are looking <laughs> really, really good. Now, my question to you, to you and, I, and I'll answer this since we okay. have 10 more minutes. We're going to go for an hour and 20. Mm-hmm. Are there any freshmen in your eyes for, you know, just off the top of your head, uh, for, for, for the offensive side, you know, Keegan Johnson out of Nebraska, uh, you know, um, you know, I'm blanking on the, the other guy, the, the guy who transferred to the school in Iowa, um, you know, Brody Brecht, uh, you know, it, even Devin Hilson, the two-star running back, um, do are there any guys that you see who could emerge and get up in there? 
Um, give me a second. Let me take a look here. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, the okay, okay. I don't know why I had to blank on that because I said it right in my article that I believe both Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce will see the field somehow, whether it's on special teams or spot duty on, um, uh, like Arlen Bruce could actually play running back um, if we had to. Yes, yes. And, and it, it, would, it, would it surprise you, Dean, if he did uh, in certain situations, if he was in the backfield in passing situations or, or like an RPO situation? It wouldn't surprise it would not, me. It would not surprise me. And it wouldn't even surprise me if, if, if he led the Wild Hawk instead of Tyler because he's got that capability. <laughs> I love the Wild Hawk. I love that. I yeah, think Paul and so I named it the first that's, time uh, we saw it. <laughs> I love it. I, I love that. I, I love that so so much. Uh, it, that yeah, that's really good. The Wild Hawk. <laughs> let's make that. Let's actually. Let's absolutely <laughs> make that a thing. Listen, you know, I think it's possible that yeah, I think you're right with Keegan Johnson. I think looking at the freshman class, I also I also think it's possible that Cooper Dijon makes an impact. Um, I mean, he literally won the award for the best player in the country. Uh, you know, Cooper DeJean did, um, you know, why he was not ranked higher is beyond me. Obviously it's because he went to a small Mm -hmm. school, but everywhere he went, he dominated. Um, But, you know, I I really don't see any other spots that uh, a younger guy could emerge, you know, like for instance, the defensive line, you know, Logan Jones, there's guys like Logan Jones and Yaya Black and Deontay Craig that are all in the wings and they are so talented and they're still, that is my, that is my biggest takeaway, Dean, is that there is so much upside with this team um, as well as nice uh, leadership coming back with Linderbaum, uh, Matt Hankins, Riley Mosh, Jack Kerner, uh, and and I just I, I love it completely. I, I I think it's it's awesome. You know, folks, Iowa will be a top eighteen team preseason, uh, and, and rightfully so. Dean, let's just mm-hmm. get down to it. You know, going heading into spring, what are the gosh dang expectations for this Iowa team? They need to um, develop their backup offensive linemen because I believe the starters are pretty mm. well set. Um, they need to find the, the good backups like a freshman we didn't talk about who probably is ready to, as anybody to take the field is David Davikoff. Yeah, okay. nice. Um, so he's yep. got a he's in he's actually in spring, so he's gonna get a chance to prove himself that that he belongs in the mix. Um, we definitely got to get the defensive line settled. Um, because, you know, as you know, those are all new starters. There is some experience there, as you, you said, and some leadership with Zach um, Balkenberg and everything. But we abs- – And upside. What's that? And upside. Yeah. A lot yeah. of upside There's talent there. there. There's upside. And those guys just got to get out there and get the work done and put it in and become a cohesive, cohesive team because, um, let's face it, the defense needs to be cohesive by the time – by the time they their first game against Indiana, and that's going to take a lot of work because mm. Indiana's not going to be a pushover. I think we can beat Indiana, but they're not going to be a pushover. They're not going to come in and hand us the game. But 
this is where the defensive um, has to has to come together. The offense needs to come together. I mean, because usually you get a cupcake cupcake to work out your kinks, <laughs> and so and you don't right. But the good news, though, Dean, is that Indiana is a great mm-hmm. first game for Iowa before mm-hmm. Iowa State. Um, and also, you know, Indiana will be facing the same situation as Iowa heading into the game. But where I and, – and I know this is early. I mean, the game is still right. a ways away. And I, we're already doing like – we're already doing a pregame <laughs> for the game. Um, but, you know, the, the, and I want Iowa fans to understand this completely. As much as the quarterback matters in the NFL, the running game matters a lot too. And it matters maybe even more so in college football. And maybe not more so, but very close to being even. And what Iowa has – which they have not had in a little while, is they have a guy, maybe even two guys, that they can say, hey, the passing game is not working today. Let's just establish the run and let's just take this home, you know, 22 to 17. Let's just run this, the dang football down their throat and let's get out of here with a win. That is what Iowa can do and should do in the first couple of games, and, and I'm excited about that. Oh, absolutely, think, because in the first two games, they, pa- they face pass-happy quarterbacks who've got more than the capable receivers to catch those passes that they throw out there. So absolutely establish the running game, though. And it just – Establish it, baby, just like we should yeah, against and, Northwestern. And, and, just, and, just, <laughs> and just chew up clock. Chew up clock. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. those two games are winnable, but they're also losable because, you know, if you turn the ball over too many times to these guys, those quarterbacks will make you eat it. They'll make, They'll you, make pay. you pay. Yep. There's there's still a few more things that, that we can talk about. Nebraska, um, I think there's a conversation that we should get mm-hmm. to there, Dean. Um, w- one more thing on this depth chart. You know, we, we have talked about the, 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 the wide receivers. What is your expectation for the passing game this year? Uh, I want to maintain what we had last year. Um, I, at bare minimum, minimum. I, I think, you know, of course, with a full slate of games, assuming we have a full slate, but I think we're all working on the assumption that we're going to have a full slate of games. And so um, mm-hmm. I got to believe that, you know, he's got to – Spencer's got to throw for well over 2,000 yards, maybe closer to 3,000 yards. And this time he better – his touchdowns, you know, they were starting to go up at the end of the year, but, you know, he can't be throwing an interception and then not throw a touchdown. And Because I, I – <laughs> but, yeah, Spencer's got to be better. There's no doubt about it. He has to develop. He has to throw for some more yards. He needs to throw for some touchdowns this year. You know, and I get it with the running game we had last year. His touchdowns weren't as needed as, as you know, because, you know, the running backs um, were, were scoring touchdowns too, you know. Is it do, – do you expect the, the wide receiver production to be higher than what it was last year? 
is good. And we'll get to Amir Smith-Marset <laughs> and Brandon Smith here in a moment. But the reality is, is that the talent, the all-around talent that Iowa has this year, I think is probably the highest they've had in a long time, even better than last year. And we hyped up the wide receivers last year. But the reality was, is that Spencer had never worked with those mm-hmm. guys. You know, uh, he didn't have the opportunity that Nate Stanley had to work with the guys. And so it was a little discombobulated. But there were times being with Amir Smith-Marset, you know, having over 100 yards against Wisconsin, or what, it was either Wisconsin or Illinois. There were times that it was like, damn, this looks good. This looks really good. So for me, folks, I, I expect Tyrone Tracy to have bare minimum 500 mm-hmm. yards receiving. Um, and, you know, quite honestly, same with Nico Raggiani, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Nico Regani. Um, and I think with those two guys, just those two guys, Iowa is in a very good spot. You know, Tyrone Tracy can beat you vertically. He can beat you uh, in little bubble screens. And, and I really think Iowa has a strong thing there. And then Iowa does have guys in Brody Brack, Desmond Hudson, that are, you know, six foot or above, that if they need a guy who can go up and get the ball, not saying that Tyrone Tracy can't do that or the tight ends can't do that, but they have guys that can do that. And then on top of that, we've talked about the tight ends. Spencer Petras will have tight ends that – Probably tops in the Big Ten to throw to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Not to take anything away from Nebraska's tight end, but they won't have a good quarterback to throw to him. (laughs) (laughs) We all know what I'm digging at there, but. uh... Right, right. Well, we're at the 121 uh, mark. We're going to go a little bit beyond that because there's still a few things to get to. Let's talk about the okay, pro day. Um, you're going to have to carry this um, most of the way because I yeah. never had a chance because I didn't see anything on the pro day, but apparently it must've been on TV or something that you saw a lot. What was going on or what? Well, no, I didn't see it. I just saw the results. Okay. We'll just talk about okay. it a, a tiny okay. bit, not, not a lot. Um, you know, listen, folks, I'll just say this and then we'll move on to Nebraska. Every guy that Iowa had absolutely did what they were supposed to do. I think, you know, if, if I were to guess, I think the locks to be drafted are Davion Nixon, um, Alaric Jackson, Chauncey Golston. Those three guys are 100% locked. Uh, and I would even throw Amir Smith-Marset in there. I mean, he showed what he could do. It, you know, could he have ran a little bit faster 40? Sure. Uh, but he, he ran what he needed to run. You know, he ran a four, four, that's what he needed to run. And he did also, he played in a pro style system, which will help him tremendously. Um, I think, so I would put those four guys as locks Dean. on the outside looking in, I would say the top two guys on the outside looking in would be Sean Beyer, uh, and Neiman. Plain and simple. I mean, the 40-yard the dash that Ben Neiman or Nick Neiman ran was unreal. It wouldn't shock me at all if the Chiefs took Neiman's little brother. That would not mm-hmm. shock me in the least. And I think it's possible, Dean, that six Hawkeyes get drafted. I mean, Brandon Smith, that wouldn't shock me if he got drafted. Uh, you know, 
so I'll say, let's just put it this way, folks. Every guy was a winner at the pro day. I think Iowa has four guys that are guarantees to get drafted. And I think that there are seven, you know, Iowa has up to seven guys that can be drafted. And the, the three guys on the outside would be Sean Beyer, in, in no particular order, Sean Beyer, Nick Neiman, and Brandon, uh, uh, Brandon Smith. Absolutely. Think, I, think, I think you hit, your, hit it pretty good. Um, even if they don't get drafted, all three of those guys will get signed as free agents and will have their opportunities. So it's not like they won't have their opportunities because um, they will have an opportunity whether they get drafted or not. But um, this might be the first year, though, that we don't have a first-rounder because I'm kind of looking at it, and we haven't had a – you know, I think our streak of first-rounder comes to an end yeah, this year. Yeah. <laughs> it, it may – that's a great point. I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up. I hope that it does not come to an end. I mean, that's a great recruiting tool mm-hmm. to have to say, you know, for the – I mean, because if we go back, you know, Tristan Wirfs last year got mm-hmm. drafted first round. Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson got drafted. So that's two years in a row. That's three guys. Before that, uh, let's see here. Um, gosh, there was a first rounder. Who, who was it? There was one. There was a first rounder before uh, TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant. Um, Slipping slip my mind gosh, right now. Darn it. <laughs> Yeah, it slipped in my mind, but I do believe that it has been three years in a row that Iowa has had a guy drafted in the first round. I, I, I will look it up here in a moment. Um, I think Davion Nixon, with how he did in, the, in his pro day, I think, I think he is a top defensive tackle prospect. And, it, Dean, it will all depend on what teams need, uh, you know, the availability. I think – I would say it's a forty percent chance that uh, that that um, Davion Nixon gets drafted in the first round. Sixty percent chance he doesn't. High second round, but in my eyes, he did everything he needed to do in order to get drafted in the first round. He performed well at the pro day. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm sure he's interviewed quite well. I mean, the kid is just a really cool kid. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know a really down-to-earth guy. He works damn hard. Um, so it would not surprise me. Um, but it would be awesome, Dean. We both know it. If, the, if, if it was four years in a row that an Iowa Hawkeye got drafted in the first round. All right, let's move to Nebraska football here, even though this is an <laughs> Iowa podcast. But I want to move, you know, move here real quick. Um, Dean, th- the top... Four guys in the state of Nebraska, in their final schools, none of them have Nebraska. Two of them have Iowa. None of them have Nebraska. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Scott, you screwed up your program. <laughs> That's the first thing. No, I mean, you know how I've, I've never really had much negative to say about Scott Frost and how I just felt that that once he got his system. Oh, real quick, real quick, real quick. Uh, James Daniels went early, early, early second round uh, uh, in okay. 2017. So it, it, it would be, be TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, and Tristan Wirfs. That's two years in a row with, a, you know, 
obviously okay. what oh, yeah. uh, James Daniels okay. did. But go ahead. My Dean thought Clark. is is that you you know that I I was always a Scott Frost fan. I thought he was going to get it done at Nebraska. Yeah. Um. In this COVID year, I thought well he needed a a pass a break because everybody was getting messed up by COVID, and they didn't produce with the talent they have. And I, I've lost count on how many key people have transferred out of that program this year. After the season, I haven't even, I, I've Great lost track, point. so I don't even know. And I thought one of their best players in, in McCaffrey, who probably should have been their overall starting quarterback over – what's his name? I forget his name. Um, Hern- or not yeah, Hernandez, yeah. Martinez, Adrian Martinez. Um, I, he's, better, he's better all around. And anyhow, they let him get away. Why? You know, for another overhyped quarterback who, who's not doing what he's supposed to do, throws a lot of interceptions. You know, I I don't know, Scott. I, you have the talent. You blew it. You blew it. No, you I, do. I don't know. see. I don't see how they can have a winning <laughs> season this year. I really don't. Unless there's so much young talent that doesn't need experience, because he lost a lot of key people who are fed up and wanted to leave. Yeah, I mean, plain and simple, that's why I was so surprised that, you know, the Iowa kid who grew up a Nebraska fan still, who grew up a Nebraska fan still chose Nebraska with every, the, the telltale signs that things are not working out is not when guys transfer, it's when guys who are getting good snaps mm-hmm. transfer, starters, you know, that's when things are a problem, and that unequivocally happened for Nebraska. Folks, I've been saying this for years. Dean, you know it. I said I've been saying that Scott Frost was overhyped. He had one good season at UCF. Everybody thought he was, you know, going to bring Nebraska to their former glory. And, you know, in fairness, he's recruited as such. I mean, he's recruited Mm -hmm. damn well, Dean. But it has not translated to wins. And, um, you know, this is – this. I think, Dean, no joke, he has four games, four or five games. If he does not do well in the first four or five games, I think Nebraska decides to let him go. I think that is how, how tight the rope is right now, or the leash, whatever, uh, is with Fast. And – Point back to the thing, folks. Missing out on your top four guys, not even making the finalists. <laughs> yeah, is not good. That is not good whatsoever. And the fact that Iowa is, you know, I, you know, and that doesn't surprise me. I mean, Iowa, you know, is looked at as a very, very solid program. Very, very solid. Uh, but it's it's just not good, Dean. Wh- what do you think? Wh- wh- yeah, I mean, wh- do, how many games do you think Frost has? I mean, do, do you think that even if he, you know, starts the season one and three, that he stays? I mean, what do you think? Um, I don't. I don't know. That's that's a good call. That that's a good question. I don't know if Nebraska would fire a guy midseason. They might. They might fire Scott Frost midseason if he starts one and three especially if he starts one and three, because he's probably got a couple of cupcakes in there. (laughs) 
Right, right, right. Yeah, we. I don't know the Nebraska I don't schedule either. right I don't now. Either. It can't last, be as rough as last, last year's. I, yeah. It can't be as rough as last year's. Yeah. He had a rough schedule. Yeah, last year was – yeah, that's true. Now, we, we're not excusing it, but, yeah, it was a tough mm-hmm. schedule. Now, last question. Former Wisconsin quarterback uh, – former Wisconsin coach uh, who went to Arkansas, Brett mm-hmm. Bielema, how much of an impact does he make at Illinois, Dean? Um. I think he makes a small impact when it comes to recruiting. Um, However, when he left Wisconsin, he left it in pretty good shape. However, he had to go and try to build an Arkansas program that was not in good shape. And he, quite frankly, didn't get the job done there. Um, Because, you know, as you know, he took over for Barry Alvarez, who left the program in excellent condition. And I wouldn't be so sure if yep. Barry Alvarez wasn't pulling the strings the first few years that that he was there anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's the reason why Wisconsin program is in such good shape because it's always been left in good shape by the previous previous quote coach. But yeah, I I don't. It's going to be a hit and miss for me because yeah. um, does Brett come in and change his style of coaching? Because or does he come in and make Illinois look like Wisconsin? If he does, then he's got a long road to hoe to make Illinois look like Wisconsin because Illinois is not built to look like Wisconsin. Right. I'll say this, folks. Illinois is a team to watch. Uh, Brett is a de- is a decent mm-hmm. coach. Uh, when he took over, you know, everything in context. When he took over for Wisconsin after Alvarez, Wisconsin was in a phenomenal mm-hmm. spot. Okay. Uh, Arkansas was not a dumpster fire, but it also was not in a great spot. I mean, they, you know, Dean, if you remember, they had Darren McFadden and, you know, they, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they were in, in not rough shape, but not right. good shape. Um, and, and he didn't make it happen. They gave him a mm-hmm. shot, Dean. They, they, he was there for four right. years. So I think it's definitely something to look for folks and watch. Uh, and also folks, you know, I've said this many times, Illinois is one of the best states to recruit in the state of uh, or in uh, the Big Ten, plain and simple. I mean, it's a good uh, state. Uh, it has tons of talent. That's where Iowa gets their talent. It's Illinois. Uh, it's Iowa and Illinois. That's that's the top two states they recruit. So, um, and you know, last but not least, speaking of recruiting, folks, Iowa is just fine. Uh, they are in phenomenal position for every top guy in the state of Iowa. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm not saying who I think they will get, but, but they already have Aaron Graves, who is a uh, Adidas All-American, who I think when it's all said and done will be a, clo- uh, a, a near five-star defensive end. Uh, and they are in phenomenal position for Xavier Nwakampa. Uh And, you know, Hunter Dale, the four-star defensive tackle, I expect them to get him. Uh, Eli Raritan, it's between Iowa and, and uh, Notre Dame, so we'll see. But if Iowa can get two of the guys that I just named, it will be a positive, and they will be in good shape. Everything is fine. The official visits are set. I don't have the list of who – what, what guys are coming, uh, but it will be, in my opinion, a, I think one or two guys will commit after the, maybe even more than that, after these official visits, and we'll see. What do you think, Absolutely. <laughs> um, let's get them on campus. If, you know, and that's a good thing that in Kirk's um, 
um, presser this week that he's going to be able to get these guys on campus for the first time in what a year and a half. He's been able to. This is good. That's yeah. That that's the biggest uh, advantage Iowa has is having guys yeah. on campus. And they picked up a guy earlier this week or last week. Um, don't remember his name or anything about him that decided he wanted to go to Iowa based on his relationship with the coaches, but he had yet to ever walk onto the campus and see it. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. It, it, which is awesome. It, you know, recruiting is, is relational based. Um, and, you know, I've said this folks, I, I did think it would hurt, n- not hurt, but it would delay Iowa's recruiting slightly because the, the biggest advantage Iowa has is getting guys on campus. When they do that, shoot it's like an 80 percent chance that they will get that guy so the fact that they have this is solid and i think they are in a good spot to land a few guys all right dean last comments before we get out of here this has been a great podcast guys thank you for listening and listening to us talk about our thoughts and and our and and what we think about things today um football season Mm. is here let's enjoy it well not season but spring is here let's enjoy our spring and get over the herd of the basketball season and and but we did have wrestling and we did have a sweet 16 in our women's basketball. Nice. Thank you for bringing that up. Caitlin Clark, obviously phenomenal talent. Uh, congratulations to the Iowa women's basketball team. They actually did a lot better against UConn mm-hmm. than I thought. Uh, Dean, thank you so much for joining me, my partner in crime. Uh, listen, folks. It is football season. I mean, make no mistake about it. It's football season. You know, once basketball is done, it is football. You know, some people look at the football off season as the real season. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this, you know, it's a big deal. And we will be here every step of the way with articles, with, with the podcast. And unequivocally, and I, I say this every time, and I'll say it again, I am, we take it as a badge of honor, not only when you guys listen, but when you guys share this and comment on it, we are so grateful for that. And this podcast truly has grown ever since me and Dean started. And we, and that is all to you folks, you guys, uh, that that's all because of you guys. And we are so thankful and grateful for that because at the end of the day, me and Dean just do this because we love the Iowa Hawkeyes and we are grateful. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to go to 247hawkeye.com. Follow um, the best place to follow me is on Facebook, Nolan Hawkeye Anthony, as well as Dean, uh, Dean Freen on Facebook. Uh, smash that follow button on Twitter and parlor at 247hawkeye. And be sure to like and comment on the podcast. It's the best thing you can do, as well as sharing. Sharing is by far the top thing you can do for our podcast. We're so grateful, and, and thank you so much. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, do that. Don't be a pussy